Molly's like, I'm here. Molly's excited. Let's do it. Burn them all. This is an associate. We are Nazis. We are associates. That's what we Hello and welcome to episode 32 of And Associates. I am one of your hosts, Preston Eberlin, along with... Your favorite host, Carson. (laughs) And we are coming to you at our normal recording time, which means it's early in the morning. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Psychopaths. (laughs) It went crazy. Um, But we will go ahead and remind you to subscribe, rate, and review us on the Apple Podcast uh, app. And with that, we'll go right into uh, corrections. Carson, what corrections do you have? Okay, I have a couple things, but since you just said subscribe, rate, and review, I want to mention again that um, my sister, who just found out about uh, this podcast, uh, has already subscribed to us and listened to at least like one of our episodes, (laughs) which is really sweet of her. Because, like, why are you listening to us? (laughs) But anyway, um, I just thought that was really nice that she just subscribed to us already. So Mm -hmm. anyway, um, so some corrections. So last week we talked about um, dating and relationships, and I reached out to people for any advice that they wanted to share. One of the things that I said was, it gets better. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm like... Spoiler alert, it gets worse. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Oh, yeah, it is Valentine's Day. Well, when we're recording this. Happy Valentine's Day, Carson. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wanted to correct that because her her actual response was that when you're starting to date someone, it should feel easy, not like a lot of work. Like, the work comes later. Mm. Um, and I, like sort of missed that part so i wanted to make sure that i jumped back well there's my cat making noises i i i before we started this i mitigated for my dog making noises and i was like okay this is gonna go great and now my cat has decided to make noises perfect um the other thing was i had a couple of like late submissions Mm -hmm. um so Uh, people said, again, you shouldn't have to work hard to maintain a good relationship. And lots of people say that marriage is hard, but if it's too hard, then it's just not right. And you're not right for each other. You should just love each other and make each other happy. And the rest is easy. Um, that came from my brother-in-law. So that was really sweet. Um, and then my sister said, uh, marriage isn't 50-50, it's 100-100. You both should be giving your all to each other. Um, which I thought was also like very sweet. Obviously, they're in a very loving and committed relationship. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, I wanted to add that into um, our advice pieces for us to listen back on. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. It's not for anyone else who listens. It's literally just for us. But basically. And can I just say now the it gets better makes a whole lot more sense than <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, oh okay, I see where they were going with it because the first time That's one hundred percent my fault. Because <laughs> no, I'm just like, ah, it gets better. It's completely fine. Um, okay, well, I have no corrections. I'm sure I do, but uh, it's been a week, so I'm just going to scroll on by and keep going, <laughs> and we'll just go into the weekly wrangle. Carson, would you like to play us in? Are you, are you coming to the tree? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you uh, for bringing up the uh, song about uh, suicide. Um, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> It is actually uh, a little J uh, J Law song uh, from the Hunger Games, which is from the books. But um, she, of course, recorded it, and it like got top charts. Not, like it wasn't number one in the U.S., but uh, it was actually like in top hundred when it came out, which is so crazy to me. Um, yeah. Oh my god. I hate people. 
<laughs> um, but anyway, what we're talking about is the Hunger Games. Um, so we talked. We've talked about Harry Potter. We've talked about Twilight, and now we're going to talk about the Hunger Games, um, which I would say is way above Twilight for me, and just a little bit below uh, Harry Potter for me in terms of my like. Um, however, after rereading. Uh, and re-watching them over this past month, I will say, I think, I mean, there are definitely things that, and we'll get into this a little later, but there are definitely um, some items that I definitely did not get the first time when I was reading them, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. which, I mean, makes sense. Um, but yeah, let's just uh, first get into it. Uh, Carson, should I go ahead and do a little summary about it, just so people know? Um, in case. Yes. Yeah. No, because I know for a fact, like one of our very loyal listeners has no idea what the Hunger Games are. Perfect. Um, so spoiler alert for the Hunger Games for this whole episode, basically. Um, but, uh, just a quick synopsis and I mean, quick, quick, quick. So this is post-apocalyptic. It's set actually in the U S or at least the U S or not the U S the North America is, um, what it's set in. However, they're divided into districts. So there's um, 13 districts and uh, uh, and then a capital. Uh, now, there was a rebellion uh, at some point, and at the beginning of the book, we're told that District 13 is gone. So there's only 12 districts and the capital, and the capital basically rules all the districts. And every year, uh, each district has to send a male and a female tribute to uh, compete in the Hunger Games, which are... uh, Problematic. Yeah, just a bit. (laughs) Uh, Which is basically the kids fighting to the death. Um, And anyway, so our heroine uh, is Katniss Everdeen, who is from District 12, which is like the most outlining district. Uh, They're basically like, this is the slum of the slum, like... They the, they the jankiest motherfuckers in the joint. Uh, Hurtful. <laughs> well, they are. Um, which, honestly, I'm pretty sure if, like, I, I've looked at the map. It's, I think it's, like, in West Virginia is where it's supposed to be because it's, like, coal mining country. Um, um, yeah, but I think that also encompasses, like, my hometown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is, like, right on the border of West Virginia. Perfection. Um so anyway, long story short, uh, I, I'm going to say long story short, and then this story is going to get longer and longer and longer. Um, <laughs> but the 74th annual Hunger Games is happening. The reaping happens where they choose the male and female competitor. Uh, Katniss's sister is chosen, and then that's where the famous scene um, happens where she says, I volunteer, I volunteer's tribute, which is a big deal because, uh-huh. um, typically only like the richer districts, so district one and two, um, have volunteers because they've been training for the Hunger Games, even though they shouldn't be training for the Hunger Games. And they're like the most liked by the Capitol because like they provided the military stuff and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, so she volunteers and then the boy is chosen. The boy is Peter Malark. Uh, Katniss is like, I know that dude. How do I know that dude? Oh, when my family was starving and um, I couldn't provide for them, uh, he threw me some bread uh, uh, from the bakery because he's the baker's son. And uh, just a note from like, so, so there are a bunch of differences from the book versus the movie, obviously. In the movie, it just seems like he's just throwing out bread. But in the book, they make it clear that like, he purposely burnt the bread so that his parents would, or so that his mom specifically would be like, throw this out. Uh, you've ruined it. We can't sell this. Give it to the pigs. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and then he gives it to the pigs, also known as the Everdeens. <laughs> um, just another thing to note, Katniss's other little boy toy, which is not really a boy toy. It's just her friend who's a boy. Um, although later on things happen. Uh, Gail, um, they go hunting together, which again, District 12 is so outlining that it's like the, the peacekeepers, which are their, basically like their cops are just like, whatever, like do your thing. Um, so anyway, Katniss and Peta go with Haymitch, who is the only tribute from District 12, 
uh, that has actually won the Hunger Games, um, other than an earlier one, which we'll talk about a little uh, later. Um, and uh, 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 <laughs> Effie, Effie, uh, who is the capital, <laughs> basically like their wrangler from the capital, uh, but also like their PR person who just like is feral <laughs> amongst feral. Um, <laughs> and uh, they go to the capital and get ready for the Hunger Games. And then they compete in the Hunger Games and they like play lovey-dovey, they being Katniss and PETA. And... Um, there's a rule change halfway through the Hunger Games where uh, two dis- or two uh, tributes from the same district can then win, which is a big deal. And the big thing is that her and Peta actually like stay alive and uh, make it to the end. Right at the end of the Hunger Games, when it's just them two, uh, the game maker, the person pulling the strings for the Hunger Games, says, "Just kidding, that rule isn't real. One of you, only one of you, will survive." And Katniss is like, fuck that. And she takes some poison berries, puts them in her hand and uh, Peta's hand, and is like, we're going to swallow these on one, two, three. And they go one, two, three, and they put them to their lips. And the game maker is like, oh, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> and then they both become the uh, victors of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. And that is the first <laughs> book. Um, I kind of sped through basically uh the whole nine tenths of it after just spending so much time on the first sense so then the second book uh which is catching fire um is uh it goes through them on their tour because all the victors go through a tour for months and uh because basically after you win the hunger games like you're set off for life which is supposed to be this appealing thing um Mm -hmm. anyway Uh, the 75th annual Hunger Games is a quarter quill, which is every 25 years of the Hunger Games, something special happens. Um, the last person that won the quarter quill was Haymitch, uh, which was the 50th annual, um, which for that quarter quill, the special thing was that there would be twice as many tributes. So instead of it, let's just do some math real quick, people. So if there's 12 districts, two from each, there's 24. Now you double that, there was 48. So uh, 48 kids trying to kill each other. Um, But for the 75th annual, it was that the victors had to come from the existing uh, pool of victors, which meant that Katniss would um, obviously be chosen. uh, And then either Haymitch or Peta. And of course, Haymitch is the one that's pulled from the uh reaping but then Peta volunteers because he's like you're an old man motherfucker and i'm gonna do it to protect katniss because he's so in love with katniss fast forward hunger games uh 75 happens um halfway through uh the hunger games uh they figure out what's going on with the arena which is where the hunger games takes place and they destroy the barrier and then Katniss mm-hmm. is saved at the end, but Peta's not. And book two, book three <laughs> starts, and she's like, what the fuck's going on? Where's Peta? <laughs> and the whole time she's like, God damn it, where's Peta? And they're like, oh, this is our bad. Uh, we saved you. We, meaning people, District 13, which has been alive this whole time, living underground. Like- Surprise! <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker! Uh- <laughs> Uh, which have been living underground like mole people. Um, but basically because they had uh, nuclear weapons, they were they were kind of like Russia and the U.S. where they're like, okay, we won't attack you if you don't attack us because if we both attack each other, we'll all just die. Uh, mutually assured destruction, they call it. Um, and so uh, big thing is that they saved Katniss so that she could become the Mockingjay, which is the name of the book, the third book. And uh, by becoming the Mockingjay, they light the flame of the rebellion and they fight, they fight, they save district by district, districts rise up. (laughs) 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 Molly's like, I'm here. Molly is excited. Let's do it. (laughs) Burn them all. Um, but then they uh, win or whatever, and they uh, save all the, or not save, but liberate all the districts. And um, then the capital, they get to the capital, they make their way. Oh, and, and through all this, they save PETA at some point from the capital. Um, 
But after they uh, save PETA and whatnot, then they take the capital back. They win the war. Uh, and then um, the president of District 13, this is somewhat important, uh, is um, President Coyne. And she very much is using people just like President Snow, who is the president of the Capitol, um, used people. And so at the end, when Katniss is supposed to shoot and kill, uh, execute President Snow, instead of shooting him, she shoots coin. Um, <laughs> and people are like, what the fuck? Spoiler alert. <laughs> Truly. Um, but honestly, I mean, probably because it's the like fifth to sixth time I've read the books and whatnot. So it wasn't a super big surprise. But the the through this uh, read-through, um, I was like, oh, it's, like, very clear that she wasn't going to kill Snow. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like, it, the writing was on the wall. Um, and then she and Peta end up getting married and having some babies. Um, and they live... Uh, maybe not happily ever after, but they live. <laughs> <laughs> they live, so that's a win. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Hunger Games. L'chaim. Yay! <laughs> that was May the odds be ever in your favor. Such a rough summary. Um, but Carson, my first question, uh, instead of getting into the Hunger Games, is just what was when was your first time reading them? When did you find her? What what um things? Uh, made you read it? What made you keep reading it? All those. Uh, so I was in high school. I, I don't know when the first book came out, honestly, but the um, the people that I mentioned last week that I used to babysit for, mm-hmm. um, the, the mom of the children actually was reading the trilogy. And she's like, you have to read this. Like, it's mm-hmm. really good. And so I think she gave me all three books, maybe, or like let me borrow the first one or something. But whatever it was that transpired, like she definitely pushed me into reading it. Um, and then like I think I saw you know fellow book nerds reading it like at the high schools, which like you know further compelled me to finish the trilogy. So I think it was over like. Mm, like sophomore, junior, senior year kind of thing mm. when I read them. Okay. What about you? How'd you discover them? So that was actually like much sooner than um, when I would, I would, uh, when, when I read them. So long, I mean, basically I, when I graduated high school, one of my gifts from um, my aunt was a Kindle. Um, and the reason I bring that up is because one of the first, uh, I was like looking at the books and the top book on the chart was The Hunger Games, um, mm. which it, for those who don't know, um, The Hunger Games trilogy was, the, or I, I think still is, the highest uh, grossing trilogy on their digital platform. Um, and cause that was mm. really when, at least for me that I, I discovered, um, the hunger games was through my Kindle. I didn't even, I, I didn't know about it in high school. Um, and so the, uh, the summer, um, uh, in between high school and college, I read all three books, um, on my Kindle. Um, and yeah, so I read the first book and I was like, Ooh, gotta read the second one. And I was actually, so I vividly remember, and the reason I bring this up is because The Hunger Games is basically like a national watching thing, right? It's like, it's literally required viewing for the districts. Like they are required mm-hmm. to watch it, uh, required to um, take right. take part, all those things. And I remember reading um, Catching Fire uh, at Red, White, and Boom, Uh it here in Columbus, <laughs> which is the celebration of the U.S.'s Independence Day, where the nation comes together and watches fireworks. Um, um, granted, uh, at that time, my my dad worked for the state, and so he uh, worked on like the thirtieth or the thirty seventh floor of one of the big towers down downtown, and. Uh, um, 
So we would go there and watch Red, White, and Boom, which was air-conditioned. And the best part, honestly, was that it was eye-level with the fireworks, which was really cool. So um, That is cool. Yeah, and it made it much easier to uh, read than outside because I... <laughs> outside like where it would be noisy oh what a dork yep so uh that was where i read them and like i remember reading the third book and then um just recently because it came out in uh 2020 but i read the prequel uh which was the ballad of songbird songbirds and snakes um and okay i haven't read that yet yeah um so i should note that i Actually, like, read, read the trilogy, and for the past couple of times, I've um, just listened to them, the audiobooks, mm-hmm. um, because it's just easier while I'm doing work and stuff to listen to them. Um, but yeah, so that was my first uh, interaction with them. Obviously, one of the most appealing things was um, the fact that Katniss's weapon of choice was a bow and arrow. Um, Mm -hmm. which like, I have always had an affinity for a bow and arrow. Like whenever (laughs) I would go to scout camp and stuff, like I would always do archery. Like I have the archery merit badge. Um, my favorite character in Lord of the Rings was always Legolas. So, uh, the fact that like, they were like, we're going to give her a bow and arrow. I was like, yay, give her a bow and arrow. Um, which like, I don't know what other weapon would have worked for her. I mean, it was very much, um, the choice by Susan Collins to have her do that because um, because of her character, what her uh, character represents and all that. But um, yeah, no, I, I was found it very appealing um, and definitely, um, definitely enjoyed it. So then the movies, did you go, because I know you're a big big movie boy so who who do you watch the movies with did you go by yourself or um because for me like I relate this this trilogy to or it's weird to call it a trilogy when there are four movies but um it's based off the books so anyway um I relate it to you know the people that I used to babysit for because that they gave me the book and then my sisters um because we all like read the books together Hmm. and then we went to go see the movies like in theaters together i don't know if we saw all of them together in the theaters but for the most part um that's and so anyway like i've to the point where i like i've talked about getting um matching tattoos with my sister which is really funny because she said my little sister said well what would you get like the hunger games what i was like a loaf of bread (laughs) (laughs) like a little burnt piece of uh loaf of bread like that well honestly i don't think that would be an awful tattoo if i'm just being honest like it would be definitely unique. I think most people would be like, you're going to get the Mockingjay, right? Like, because that would make right. sense. But you're like, no, right. loaf of bread. <laughs> Let's talk about the symbolism of bread. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Um, no, so all the movies came out when I was in, uh, I mean, when we were in college. And so I, I just went with a group of friends uh, every time to just go see the movies. Um mm. Uh, but yeah, nothing, nothing super crazy, uh, in terms of like, I will say I was much more invested in the books than the movies. Like I saw the movies, but, um, Mm -hmm. uh, it it definitely wasn't the same as Harry Potter where I like went to the premieres and stuff. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. It was especially, I think especially once I heard that they were splitting the third one into two parts, I was like, but that book isn't that big. <laughs> right. Like, like, let's split the first one in two parts. Right, right. Because, I mean, it was it was like the, the, the third book, like, the reason that the, the Deathly Hollows and Harry Potter was split into two parts was because it was a big book with a lot of stuff. Massive. <laughs> the Hunger Games... Mockingjay, like, the third book was not that... It was, like, half the half the volume of 
uh, the uh, Deathly Hollows. And honestly, like when I was rewatching um, part one and part two um, this past uh, week, I was like, oh my God, there's just a lot of dead space and a lot of time, which like if they were using, if they were using the two part system to like flush out characters and flush out themes more, because there are a lot of themes in the Hunger Games that the movies don't touch on. Then I would have respected a lot more than them just being like, well, we're going to split it into two to make a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Which, I mean, is like the theme of these YA uh, books and novels and stuff. Just like freaking, um, what's the one one with Shailene Woodley? Divergent. Oh my God. Divergent. That was, I'm sorry. I know we're not talking about it, but it's bad. It's very bad. Um, I don't think I even watched... I, I didn't I never even finished the book series because the books got bad. Oh, did that? Um, See, I but so then I obviously didn't finish the movie series either. Well, like diverge. Uh, we don't need to get into this, but <laughs> but I'm pretty sure like the writer literally was like, well, I've read the Hunger Games and I've read, um, uh, uh, what's the the Maze Runner, and so I'm just uh-huh. gonna make versions of that. <laughs> And cash in. And sprinkle a little bit of the giver in. <laughs> yep. Just, yep. <laughs> Literally, though. Um, but no, so in terms of uh, the Hunger Games, though, I I will say, I I definitely, at first, when I first saw, because at this point, when the first movie came out, I did not know who Jennifer Lawrence is, which I don't think a lot of people knew who Jennifer Lawrence was in the first mm. uh, movie. Or, I mean, maybe people did. I don't know. Um, but at first, when I saw I was like, Oh, she's, which is almost always uh, when they cast a book, um, you're like, that's not who I saw um, playing it. But um, Mm -hmm. that being said, like, she, she definitely uh, grew into it. And um, I think, yes, did, did very well. Um, Definitely better than, um, I don't know, the initial reaction that I had to seeing her in it. I think, oh God. Well, she straight up just doesn't match the description mm. of like a very small stature. Katniss in the book is very, very small. Mm-hmm. She's supposed to be smaller than like all of the tributes, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had uh, olive skin and and dark hair, yeah. I think, was the description. Yeah, she's... yeah, And, and that's not J-Law. That's not Jennifer Lawrence. Like, she's not, like, massive or anything, but she's very, like, average-sized and fair-skinned and has, like, you know, light brown hair. Yeah. Um, so... But I do think there is a phenomenal difference between J-Law in movie one and movie two. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's what you're talking about, like, her growth in the role. Oh, yeah. I think... That she definitely, like, grew into the character. Um, but, yeah. Who, who do you think... What, that's what I think works with Harry Potter, is that the casting was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. For the, for the movies. Um, I... But who do you think, like, should have been cast? Like, let's recast The Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't. I, 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 I don't know. Do, do you have someone in mind? I don't... I couldn't come up with someone because obviously it's something that I've thought about. And I'm like, so it needs to be someone... Because Jennifer Lawrence was at least close in age. Mm-hmm. So it would it needs to be someone young because at first I was like someone kind of like Christian Chenoweth size. Yeah. Because I think that's closer to the stature of like what the book was describing. But she's obviously like... No offense, but like very old, um, and and has you know blonde hair, of course. So and is fair skinned. Um, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I would have to really like re- do a lot more research to find someone. But yeah. for me, the the most off putting thing or um, incorrect thing was the size because that's what I resonated with most as someone who's like really teeny tiny. Um, and 
I think that's part of like you know what was supposed to be phenomenal about her winning it's just like all of the odds were against her well and 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 the whole point of like Peta was supposed to be so much bigger than her. Like he was, he he's he's described <laughs> as being like stocking. Josh stuff. Hutcherson. And jo- he's he's I'm I mean no shame on him, but like he's not a big guy. <laughs> no, he is not. He really isn't. And there's the scene um, in the movie where she's like, "Go throw those things," and he's like, "Okay," and he goes and throws them. And I'm like, how <laughs> how clearly fake is that? <laughs> and also, he picked up and threw a big ball. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, he threw it far, and yes, I couldn't do that. But also, um, it was just like he picked up a ball and threw it, and and the careers were just like, ah, yes, he's strong. Ah, <laughs> uh, him. He's a he's a big um, boy. But I feel like that's like a very which it's it's sort of weird to have then also Liam Hemsworth because the Hemsworths are like bigger than average Hollywood actors, and that's like that's the weird thing is that they always choose much like taller women and much smaller men mm-hmm. like like the av- i feel like the average like very well known male star is somewhere between like 59 and 510 yeah and not that that's like bad or small or anything but just when you're thinking about like stories and books and uh portrayal of characters and all of these different things like I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I will say the one character that I think was cast perfectly was Woody Harrison as Haymitch. Yes. Um, I, I, yes. Like, I, I, I think that character was basically kind of just based off him because at no point am I watching Haymitch or Woody's performance and being like, oh, this is Haymitch. I'm just like, look at Woody go. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> Woody Harrelson is just a phenomenal actor. I, um, I love him so much. Um, I, I think my favorite character from him is the one from Zombieland, um, but uh, where all he wants is Twinkies. <laughs> Uh, but we don't we don't need to talk about that. Um, so there are some things I want to get into in terms of the book. Uh, obviously, we've talked about a lot, but I want to get to uh, one of the most. So in in the uh, Twilight series, there is Jacob versus um, Edward, and when we talked about that, you were Team Jacob, I was Team Edward. Um, for the Hunger Games, there is Gale versus Peta. And so my question to you is, um, were you a Gale stan or a Peta stan? Um, I want to preface this by saying I hated this because it felt very much, very like forced Mm -hmm. where I was like, because team Edward versus team Jacob was so huge and like took over the world that everyone was like, oh, like, that has to apply to every book we read. Like, let's always uh, have a female character who can't decide between two men that are fighting over her. And I was like, well, this is, like, tired and awful. Really, I think that, like, Katniss is so independent that I am team, I don't know, prim. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but um, Prim being her I was younger never... sister, who she volunteered for. Sorry, I don't think yes. we ever said yeah. that. No, <laughs> I just wanted to throw that. Out. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Who's Prim? Who the fuck's that bitch?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that when I read the books the first time, I was never overwhelmingly either way but a lot of people felt i think for Peta mm-hmm. in the books and carried that on despite the casting in the movies yeah. um and then people who only watched the movies i think were inherently team gale because of liam, liam hemsworth yep. is strikingly gorgeous which by the way fun fact i have his signature and a selfie with him. Um, so I think, like, I think we're engaged yeah. to be married. That's I how think it works. that's what, how that works. Um, 
So I guess since he's like my future husband, I have to say Team Gale. Ah, interesting. Um, yeah, no, it was it was very clear that when the movies started to come out that Team Gale got a lot more followers than um, when it was just the books. Because I think with the books, um, well, specifically, I would say starting in the second book, um, the first book, PETA comes off as... Um, uh, not like stalkerish, but just like that he's been like lusting after Katniss for all these years and like he's been mm-hmm. watching her. Sort of like, sort of desperate. Yeah, yeah. Um, where he's just like, well, the only reason she likes me is because I saved her life. Um, <laughs> but uh, that being said, like, I think throughout the books, like, especially in the reread. Um, and I, part of me, like, can't blame Gail because, like, for all his life, like, he's, he's been trying to support his family and, like, the Capitol has been, had basically, like, a boot on his throat and, like, you can't blame his, um, appetite for their, uh, for, for vengeance. Uh, but there are so many instances (laughs) where he's, like, I have the choice of violence and the choice of not violence. And he's like, violence, always violence. Um, and like, I think what ca- what opened up that clearest for me was uh, when they're um, trying to crack the nut, which is uh, District 2, uh, when they're like hauled up in the mountain um, at the end of, uh, not the end, but near the middle of Mockingjay. Uh, when they're, like, going district by district, and they're like, well, we have to... W- w- once we, like, get this done, then we'll have all the districts. And he's like, well, why don't we just um, barricade them in and let them all die? <laughs> and <laughs> Katniss is like... Why not? <laughs> What's wrong with that? And Katniss is like, um, because they're, one, they're humans, <laughs> and two, they're not even capital people. They're from the district. And he's like, well, they allied themselves with the district. And the person from District 2 is like, they didn't, like, some of them just work there. Like, it's not, like, they're just, they didn't ally themselves so much as, and I think a lot of Gail's uh, hatred is definitely, like, warranted. Let me be very mm-hmm. clear. Um, yeah. But also, I don't think he takes that next step in um, realizing that those people were also born into things, and... Um, right, right. Uh, He lacks empathy. There it is. Um, And uh, that leads to the death of um, uh, Primrose. Um, Right. Which I... Which Katniss could never forgive. No. And, I mean, that that had never been so clear to me than when I did this reread. Um, because the last time I reread Hunger Games was like seven, eight years ago. Like it was sometime in the middle of college. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, it's like very clear. They keep, info- or they, Collins keeps like bringing up the fact that like he's working with, um, uh, uh, who's the smart dude? Um I want to say BZ, but that's not right. Oh, BD, oh, BD. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, who the hell's BZ? Um, <laughs> BZ. On, <laughs> on like tactics and stuff and ways to like get the capital. And I was like, oh, wow. No, it's, it's, they really like leaned into it. Um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and now. I want to, I want to um, comment on real quick before we go into something else. Yeah. The, the juxtaposition of. Katniss's choice to to lead away from violence, even in the midst, midst of, right, they're a, a post-rebellion society, post-apocalyptic America. Um, she gets thrown into a very violent uh, fight-to-the-death scenario where she only um, kills when, like, absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. And um, just repeatedly, even though she's like the face of the rebellion and all of these things, just repeatedly chooses um, nonviolence 
Um, and then you have her very best friend who <laughs> repeatedly chooses violence. Mm-hmm. And I think that that... Suzanne Collins writing this, like, her her writing is phenomenal. I think yeah. reading it, like, at the time, I did not understand or appreciate it. Yeah. But when you compare it to, like, Twilight or Divergent mm-hmm. or the other similar books, like, I think it, I think it really even is perhaps better writing than J.K. Rowling, just that J.K. had a longer time to tell the story yeah. and build the characters. What she does, what Suzanne Collins does with character building in just one book alone is amazing. The way that she's so consistent in telling the story and completely like just keeps pulling up these scenarios where time after time she builds on the character and makes them these like real three-dimensional people who are making choices that you can relate to and um who have personalities that you can pull out yeah no i i i 100 agree and i think a lot of that comes from her writing in the past which was for shows like she used to write for like uh uh, TV shows and whatnot, and her ins- oh. her inspiration for the Hunger Games, which you you know the story, right? Her inspiration for the Hunger Games. I don't. I don't think so. Like she was, so the Hunger Games was written in two thousand eight. So she was flipping through TV, you know, as as you did back in the mid two thousands, before you had like all the streaming services, and she would see the juxtaposition between um, the war in Iraq and young soldiers mm. fighting in war and uh rea- yes. reality tv shows and the fascination <gasps> yes. with reality and she was like well let's just combine them <laughs> i had never heard that and you know what is so wild about that when i was listening to the first book especially mm-hmm. i was thinking about i was like how is this like the 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 thing that's maybe slightly different from us sending soldiers like overseas is that that she specifically placed them in 12 to 18 year olds Mm -hmm. but a lot of people who sign up for the military are like 18 to 22 like just because like there's this magic 18 (laughs) number like doesn't doesn't make them any more adult like they're still and and i i know that it's not just men or boys but it is a lot of men slash boys and and that's why i'm saying boys because they are still just like little baby boys Mm -hmm. like and we're sending them to go like fight these um very violent wars and just like out of sight out of mind kind of thing and that's that's phenomenal that she based it off of that and that it's something that like i was thinking about during the first book that just tells you how good her writing is no 100 percent, and so I, just a quick note on Susan Collins. Um, in 1991 is when she started her writing career. And she didn't just re- start writing for television shows. She started writing for children's television shows, um, which I think is telling, um, just based on where she went with writing. So she worked on several shows for Nickelodeon, including Clarissa Explains It All, The Mystery Files oh. of Shelby Woo, and... Little Bear and Oswald, which I think I watched Oswald as a child. Um, but anyway, so uh, it, it's just interesting to me that she started with uh, children's uh, children's mm-hmm. work. Oh, and she was also the head writer for Scholastic Entertainment's Clifford's Puppy Days. Um, so I mean, she oh, wow. she she wrote like children's children's books before moving into YA mm-hmm. and uh, seeing that. But anyway, um, no, it, it's 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 so interesting to me. The uh, direction that um, that she went with it, and I think it makes a whole lot of sense. And um, there are there's a lot more that I want to discuss in Carson. Um, I'm gonna do that thing where I do where in the middle of an episode sometimes I just change all of our plans. But can we keep talking about Hunger Games and then just do uh, our walking and talking uh, in our little conversation that's coming up on Thursday? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Perfect. Let's do it. Because this next topic that I want to talk about with the Hunger Games is something that definitely, um, in my last reading, I explored a lot more. And I think a lot of that came from um, having read the prequel book. Um, 
And again, Mm -hmm. when I say read, I mean listen to, uh, which is the Ballad (laughs) of Songbirds and Snakes. Um, So I want to talk about coin, President Coin versus President Snow. Uh And um, I want to talk about both of their motivation for why they do it. And Carson, I want to talk about which one you think is a better person and then a better leader oh boy okay is it am i am i good to go yeah well say say, i guess my first first question is just present snow present coin you have to choose one who do you want to be your president (laughs) oh my god this is like the election snow versus coin holy cow um (laughs) i think like me being in the position of having like outside knowledge reading the books, mm-hmm. uh, I would choose Snow, right? <laughs> but if I'm like in that world, I very much think that I would choose Coin. Yeah. Like I would be, like I I don't see myself seeing around that facade. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I I I one hundred percent agree with you. Um, and a lot of that comes from the unknown, right? People don't know a lot about present coin because one, they didn't even know about district 13. Um, Mm -hmm. but then two, she, she is even more secretive than president snow. Um, Mm -hmm. but a lot of that comes from the fact that there aren't a lot of people in in district 13 which again spoiler alert but one of the reasons district 13 was like oh we should start like saving these other districts is because they were dying out like they literally needed (laughs) they needed some more baby makers or they were all gonna die like and that was part of president coin's whole push and part of the reason why like they didn't kill all the people in the capital at the end um which good (laughs) because just kill (laughs) killing random citizens because they lost the war is not the way uh civil societies conduct themselves not that the the world and the hunger games is civil (laughs) in any way um but uh their their whole purpose for liberating the districts and whatnot was to reproduce (laughs) like that was one Mm -hmm. of that was if not the main reason Top top three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's so problematic, though. Like, to me, I don't want to honestly disconnect too much from, like, this whole Snow versus Coin and, like, uh, Hunger Games world versus real world because there are just so many ties and connections mm-hmm. and obvious um, parallels. Yeah. That I, I am, like, like that's why I think reading it as an adult, I was like, how is this different from what we're living through right now? Like, right. It, it's, it, it, it doesn't feel that different. And one of the things, and I, I don't fault Suzanne Collins for this um, at all, because I think it's the only way that, like, we know at least as of right now, like, to currently write about things. But the way that she writes about this, right, is it's supposed to be set sometime in the future, technically, theoretically. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way that she writes about a rebellion is from our perspective, like, our collective societal perspective, looking at a rebellion that's happened, like, in the past. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, like, by her identifying, like, a specific face of the rebellion and by her, like, showing the um, eventual um, evil face of um, the one of the, you know, presidents and <laughs> the, the, the facially apparent evilness of Snow and all of these different things. And that's how we look at things, like, historically, mm-hmm. right? It's like, duh, so obvious, like, XYZ was bad, and, you know. Right. I'm thinking of, like, Dr. King. Like, oh, like, he's, like, the face of, you know, civil rights movement, and he's, like, so amazing, and da da da, da. That's not really, like, what was happening right. during the time, right? Like, there were several leaders, and 
the powers in like the individual and there are all these ongoing moving parts and pieces and so anyway that's just something that i was thinking about in the world of snow versus coin right because like i mean just a quick example of that like there were many different characters and not characters uh, real quick there were many different actors and by actors i mean players in the story uh, in terms mm. of like Dr. King and the civil rights movement, right? Um, right and yeah. and we're, we learn more and more about them now, like as we look at history and like delve in deeper, um, like Claudette Colvin, right? Uh, mm-hmm. One person that we've talked about. Um, but in terms of like the Hunger Games story, there are many characters that play those parts. I mean, Haymitch being one of them. Honestly, without Haymitch, the rebellion would not have been successful because he is one of the only people that can, and I'm going to use the word control. And what I mean by control is I mean, just like help and guide, um, which I think guide would be a better word. Someone use guide, um, guide Katniss in terms of, um, like, I think Hamish was the perfect therapist for Katniss. I don't think anyone else could have now granted, um, like Finnick, was there, but like Finnick wasn't really a therapist so much as um, someone going through therapy with her, um, which obviously like, let me be very clear. I don't, I, I, I don't think Hamish is a therapist. I don't think he, he is. Yeah. Me, yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't think that was the right word. Maybe, maybe like. Well, he's very much a mentor. Like, yeah. And they, like explicitly name him as, as a mentor. Such, yeah. Too. So, like, yeah. He's like a coach, right? He's he's like he's like um, you know coaches are are we, and we talked about this like when we had my brother on, but coaches are one of those things where like uh, when you're having a, a rough time, like they can definitely help, mm-hmm. they can definitely hurt. Um, but like a good coach is someone that lifts you up and makes makes you be the best you, and I think that is what Hamish does uh, with her and Peta. Um, granted he, a lot of the time he's like, Pete already knows what to do. Like you don't have to, which, <laughs> which when he says that he basically means Pete is already in love with you. Like you don't, he doesn't have to do anything. Um, but in terms of the coin and snow debate, I, it, it's, it's, it's one of those, the devil, you know, is better than the devil you don't know or whatever, uh, that saying uh-huh. is, which I definitely just butchered. Um, but the snow dynamic with Katniss specifically, is so intriguing to me. And the perspective of the book from Katniss to see Snow as such, um, where she sees his moves, she knows what he's telling her. And, like, she has this same thing with Hamish. Right, um, right. Where... She understands. Right. And I and I think the reason that, like, she understands his moves and she understands what Hamish does, but, like, she doesn't understand, like... Peta's moves like when Peta does something she's like why does he do this maybe he does it because of this or maybe he does it because of that yeah. but like she understands every single thing that Hamish does she understands every single thing that coin does to a point now granted uh, at the end um when her and snow have that final conversation uh uh, where Snow is like, I'm not the one that killed your sister. Like, that was all coined to make it seem like I did it because then the districts and the capital would all, like, lay down. Like, right. And right. it's interesting to me that Snow was like, you know what? Even though this teenage girl is going to bring bring down my reign and whatever, like, I have enough respect for her and for her ability to... Uh, to con- not control people, but lead, not, I don't even know if lead people is the right word, um, but have people come around her um, to not lie to her and to not play all powerful and mighty, which I think that's the big difference between Coin and Snow for me is Snow wins to Snow, which part of that I think is because Snow is out of power. There was no way he was going to get back in power. So there was no point in him lying anymore. Um, Uh But I think part of that is also, and maybe it's because I've read the prequel, which the prequel, for those who don't know, follows basically Snow's rise, like as a young, Mm -hmm. young boy um, to where he gets to, Um, which it doesn't follow the later years, but it follows the early things to, to where he gets to things. And I think, uh, a lot of, uh, and I think Susan Collins did this on purpose, but a lot of Snow's early um, troubles and whatnot 
he sees in Katniss. And so he uh, has a connection with her that Coin will never have because um, yeah. Coin, at least it seems like in the book, and maybe uh, Susan Collins needs to do a... Uh, a prequel about coin too. Uh, just I wouldn't hate it. I would no. Uh, I honestly want one with Hamish, but that's it's neither here. Oh my god! Yes, please. <laughs> Basically, well. just all the all the young because I want one on Finnick too. I just want I want I want all of them, please. Um, but uh, the reason I bring all that up is to just say that I think uh, Katniss and Snow, Katniss's and Snow's connection. Um, is stronger because they're similar. Um, right. Uh, he sees her as a worthy adversary. Yes. Which is weird because he's like an old man. <laughs> he's, she's a teenage girl. Right. Um, <laughs> which like becomes much more clear. Uh, and, and like... Uh, but co- oh, God. But Coin sees her as like a manipulative, manipulable like chess piece almost. Malleable, and, yeah. And... Uh, and just wants to use her in this game that she's playing. And she does not see her as an mm-hmm. equal and not I wouldn't even call her as like a teammate or opponent. Like there's nothing there because she doesn't see her on the same level. Mm-hmm. Which I it, let's let's be very clear like Snow it takes Snow some time it's like a book and a half to get to the point where he's like, "Oh <laughs> fuck, I can't just use her as a chess piece." Um but also, I think we learn that he does have that respect, or maybe not that respect for her, but the respect for the position and the power that she holds um, mm-hmm. to be like, oh, yeah, she can't just be used as a chess piece. Because even when he's, quote unquote, like trying to um, control her or at least like seem like he's controlling her with her, he's actually like not because he has all these other things in motion uh, where he already knows like the power that she holds is too much and he's going to have to get rid of her another way, which is, you know, having her be in the Hunger Games again. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no. Uh, I, and the, the part that makes it all... The, the, the worst, and I think, makes Coin... Um, uh, maybe not a worse person, but, like, the fact that she uses her, her meaning Katniss's, uh, best friend's plan <laughs> to kill... <laughs> Her sister yeah. is so <laughs> awful. So evil. Um, I want to go back real quick because you talked about um, Hamish and Peta just very briefly, but there were a couple things that I found um, that were not, as far as everything goes, right? Like I said, everything like tracks and lines up, and there's like a really awesome job of building characters throughout. One of the things, though, that, like, stood out to me that I was like, whoa, this is this seems, like, out of line was when um, Haymitch um, didn't protect uh, PETA and uh, so Jennifer Lawrence Katniss, like, blows up and she's like, you lied to me, you liar. You know that scene where yeah. she's, like, sobbing and calling him a liar and freaking out? Yeah. To me, that was not accurate because the story that we've been told and the story that Katniss was telling herself through the entire um, series is that, like, you can't rely on anyone except for yourself and, like, everyone's going to disappoint you and lie to you and, like, no one's trustworthy. Um, And you see that, like, time and time and time and time again. Yeah. Um, And so someone who has seen that repeatedly most likely would just be like yeah that tracks like you let me down and um i you know i'm gonna have a chip on my shoulder because of it but i'm not gonna like blow up in your face because i expected that like i expect everyone to let me down all the time yeah um so that was that was kind of like a an interesting part for me but also, when you mentioned PETA and, like, the whole kind of, like, nice guy thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that whole... His whole character based around that um, really bothered me. <laughs> um, because I hate when guys are like, 
oh, like, I'm, I'm the nice guy, and she, like, friend-zoned me. <laughs> and I feel like that was low-key, like, <laughs> the storyline, like, what was, like, what was behind, in between mm-hmm. the lines. Like, I don't think it was ever explicitly stated, mm-hmm. um, but it was there the whole time, and I was just, it's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's completely fair. And I, a part of me thinks that that might be some feedback that, uh, Susan Collins got because in the third book after Peta has been basically like man- manipulated and uh, tracker jack hijacked or whatever um, he's like why the fuck did I act that way with you <laughs> <laughs> he was like like what um, but no yeah I I, I, I back up uh, both those things granted I will say I think um, the Haymitch uh and, and like her, her, uh, her anger with him was was mm-hmm. part of that connection that she had with him. That she was like, I understand him. I always understand him. But this was one of those times where she was actually wrong about Hamish, um, because she mm-hmm. she truly thought like they had an agreement, like they were saving Peta this time. Like he put all his energy in saving her in the first Hunger Games because she had the mm-hmm. best chance. But at this point, it's not about chances. Um, but she. I think the reason she didn't see the fact that like he save he helped save her or get her out uh, rather than Peta was the fact that he was working with the rebellion the whole time, which is something that she didn't find out until afterwards. Um, which is also one of those reasons that the trust between them took a while to um, to get back and uh, whatnot. Uh, Carson, we've been talking about uh, for about an hour. Um, but before I let the people go, I would be remiss in, uh, in not asking this question, um, which is, who's your who's your favorite uh, character from the Hunger Games? I think I have to say Cinna. Mmm, that that is um, a solid choice, and um, if it weren't for the fact, and I. If it weren't for the fact that he wasn't in the third uh, book, um, I would probably say him. That being said, mm-hmm. he very much is in the third book. Maybe not, again, super spoiler. Maybe not because he's alive, <laughs> but through through many of the acts um, that yeah. Katniss does, her outfit, like he's still right. very much um, alive. Um, but yeah, no, Cinna, I think, is... Um, a, a great choice just because of that uh the role he plays truly like throughout and 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 he's one of those again unseen uh heroes of of the movement mm-hmm. because he clearly was playing a huge role behind the scenes um in terms of like throughout uh the whole i mean throughout the whole story um that being which, said which like kind of it kind of makes me think like should I call the U.S. Navy and be like, who's your designer? <laughs> who's, who's your... <laughs> who are we missing here? Like, who do I need to talk to? <laughs> That's really the issue with Space Force and why it hasn't taken off is because the designer... They have a shit designer. <laughs> yep. Um... <laughs> Calvin Klein is like, oh my God, you did not just say that. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, that being said, like, Sin is definitely top tier for me for favorite characters Mm -hmm. i i just i i would be remiss in in not going with effie um yeah which part of that is like her growth throughout the entire um Mm -hmm. series which i think like at the beginning like she's a very hateable character and then throughout throughout like katniss is just like oh my gosh she just doesn't know better and she's one of those like Mm -hmm. she's one of those people that i think Last summer, um, she would have gotten yeah, woke. like a white liberal woman. <laughs> yeah, she she would be like, oh, I just didn't know, and I'm like, I am Effie White. I think that's the issue. Is I, I <laughs> wait, I just said Effie White. Effie White is from it's Dreamgirls. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> Which is a black woman. I mean Effie that's Trinket. Not fine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the episode name. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I love that. We pick side characters, though. Like oh. both of us, were like, <laughs> who's our favorite character? Well, I mean, I think I, the interesting thing is both of them 
are are so important to the story that I, I it, it wouldn't mm-hmm. have happened without them. Like, I mean, granted, that's like every character in every fucking story, because why else would you put them in the story if they're not important? Um, mm-hmm. But No, but Effie really builds the team. Like, yeah. she makes uh, <laughs> Peta and Katniss and Haymitch, who are, like, a mess, <laughs> cohesive. Because all they have to do is, like, bag on her and then like feel bad for bagging on her <laughs> and like that's that's my fa- <laughs> that's literally my favorite thing is when whenever Katniss does one minor thing that like makes Effie mad and Katniss is just like oh god now I have to say sorry and like act like I and, <laughs> and like Effie really I think just fills the fills the role of um uh, of really like the glue of the team uh, mm-hmm. whether or not sometimes it's not necessarily her character playing that role, but more just like, um, her character being that role. Uh, she may not always be an active participant, but I think, um, it's important. Anyway, Carson, we've talked about Hunger Games a lot. Um, I think the final thing we'll do is just remind everyone to, uh, tune in this Thursday for our walking and talking section, our oh no's and our yes bitches, uh, which will include our associate of the week, which you will not want to miss. Um, and uh, I'll just say, uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on the Apple Podcast app. And uh, I don't know, Carson, do you have anything else before we close her out? <laughs> Make sure you look fly for your rebellion. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> be sure to get your bow and arrow out. <laughs> Bye, everyone.